Good afternoon. This is Chickie Fitzgerald. This is the Executive Girlfriends Group, and it is Friday, August 12, 2011. Our guest today is Marty Barletta, and Marty is a speaker on marketing to women, and her book that we're going to be talking about today is Primetime Women, How to Win the Hearts, Minds, and Business of Boomer Big Spenders. Marty, welcome. Why don't you give us a little bit of a thumbnail about you personally, and then we will dive right into talking about the book. Well, my background is um, marketing. After uh, I got out of school, I went and worked at a brand management company and then at probably three different large ad agencies and then at a company that focused on all kinds of marketing services that weren't advertising, so promotions and events and things like that. And in the course of doing that, um, became more and more aware of the fact that – well, that that women buy most of everything, uh, which actually was a surprise to me at the time. I mean, when I wrote my first book, Marketing to Women, which came out in 2003, um, it was sort of summarizing the stuff that I had found out over working in the area for the past, for the five years prior to that when, um, you know, I had been working mostly in consumer packaged goods, so I was very accustomed to the idea that women bought most of the stuff in grocery stores and and mass merchandisers and things like that. But what was new to me and was unknown to the market was the fact that women also buy the majority of big-ticket items, like things that are conventionally thought of as mostly male, cars and computers and consumer electronics. So when I wrote my first book, Marketing to Women, it was to um, provide information about the fact that women buy most of everything. In fact, they spend about 80% of every consumer dollar, which is particularly important in our economy today since consumer spending is about two-thirds of our economy. And uh, also about 50% of all the corporate uh, buyers' uh, buying is done by women as well. So people often overlook that, but when you think about the fact that um, office equipment, contracts, services, supplies, so if you think about you know, who Xerox markets to or who Hewlett Packard or Canon or any of those people market to, most of the people who make um, uh, who head up administrative and business administration departments, the majority of um, retail and wholesale buyers, the majority of purchasing agents are all women, as well as the people who make the decisions on where the employee financial plans are going to come from and where the employee health plans are going to come from. So people didn't even didn't realize any of that stuff at the time, and and uh, and and so that was the first book. And then after that, people were saying, "Well, great, Marty. Now that we know that women uh, buy the majority of almost." everything, is there any particular segment of women that we should focus on? Because after all, 51% of the population from a marketing point of view is pretty bite, big bite to chew off and and, and uh, you know, we, it would be great if we could focus on, on a particular segment. And I'm sure everybody thought I was going to say young women because that's what marketers always think is the primary target audience. And the fact of the matter is it's pretty easy to um, – to show that the best, the sort of silver bullseye for marketing is what I call primetime women, by which I refer to that life stage of women in their 50s and 60s, which right now is boomer women, but, you know, 10 years from now, primetime women will be women from Generation X, and 11 years right. after that, it will be women from, from, from Generation Y, et cetera. So primetime women um, are the best target market and um, because they have more wealth, more Income. They're working. Um, they are not contrary to marketer, young, usually young marketers' opinions or um, stereotypes. They are not retired. 
um, and they are they are at the peak of their careers. They tend to be uh, running their own companies or senior vice presidents in corporations, et cetera, et cetera. And so the question was, is there anything about primetime women that makes marketing to them different than marketing to younger women? And indeed, there are a number of things. So that's why I wrote Primetime Women. Well, great. I'm glad you gave that background, and I, I love the term uh you know, it's it's hard to relate to the the term boomer, but mm-hmm. but I like prime time. That that <laughs> that is something that I like being in. And Nikki, you it, think boomer is bad? Everybody in marketing calls it the mature market or the senior market. Oh, and I know. Trust me, I know. trying I to get anybody's attention it. for that. <laughs> oh, I just got. Uh, but seriously, it it amazes me how much marketing is still done to men when when that. Uh, you know, point is true. And I, I raised this point a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we have a, a large uh, mapping client uh, in our consulting firm. And, you know, I asked them, why in the world do they do a female voice on their GPS? Mm-hmm. You know, because women don't want to be told by another woman that they, that they just made a wrong turn. I'd much rather hear <laughs> Antonio Banderas. And, you know, give me a choice and and... You know, and we were talking about that even in the voices on elevators. I was making that comment to somebody on the elevator at the resort where we were staying this week. And, you know, again, it's a it's a woman's voice telling you what floor you're on. Is it really? I never yes. realized that. Hmm. Yes, by and large. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are some places where it's, where it's a man or, or at least a neutral mm-hmm. computer voice. But, mm-hmm. but still, uh, you know, I am constantly amazed at how much marketing is done uh, with a man in mind. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I watch way too much TV these days and, and have just been <laughs> completely bowled over uh, by how the commercials are, are very, very geared toward men. Mhm. And it's funny, uh you know, the 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 whole topic of TV is one that's been on my mind lately because um I I am I am afraid that TV in its efforts to be forward thinking has given people the impression that all women now are um you know have exciting lives they're all cops and detectives and neurosurgeons <laughs> and you know and 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 you know all these top lawyers and partners in law firms right and while there have you know happy to say there has definitely been some progress in all those areas i think that it leads marketers to a, a misunderstanding of the market a huge misunderstanding of the market because in a way it's it's sort of like it leapfrogged reality, right. you know, and so marketers think that all women are, you know, chic and sex in the city and and high fashion and blah, blah, and, and I just feel like, no, you, you got to understand there's this whole majority of the country that is not a partner right. in a law firm, you know, and I feel... Um, I feel that it's unfortunate that every, all the marketers seem to think that the women that they're marketing to are, they all live in New York or Los Angeles, and right. they all, you know, are very, they all look like uh, Keir Sedgwick on The Closer, you know? Right. And so it's sort of it's sort of like, well, yeah, maybe we, maybe there's more of them, and, you know, but I think it would be, given that I know that women tend to, connect with and resonate with people that they feel they have something in common with, 
I'm not sure that's really connecting with all women if you make your advertisements all look like that too. So Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree with you on that front. <laughs> um, let's start, uh, and you mentioned a little bit about uh, what you call the power of the primetime purse. So mm-hmm. so tell us uh, a few of the facts there uh, about the power of these primetime women. Well, you know, the 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 funny thing is is that it is such an easy story to tell. Um I I actually should have pulled up my factoid sheet before we started talking. So I but I can tell you so I don't know the precise numbers cuz I try to keep them updated. But um the the fact of the matter is that marketers usually have to decide between do I want to go after the largest market or do I want to go after the market that has the most money? Or do I want to go after the market that's growing the fastest? Hmm, you know, and they have to weigh the pros and cons. The, the delicious thing about primetime women is that, in fact, all of the above are true for primetime women. Primetime women are the largest segment of women. They have, um, they are by far the fastest growing because the baby boomer, you know, population right. uh, population is moving into prime time. Right now, they're smack in the middle. Um, I happen to be smack in the middle of the 18-year uh, span that is called the baby boom. And so um, the average age for uh, for the baby boom is right in, 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 prim- in the early ages of prime time. And um, uh, they definitely have the most money because these are people who have been working um, and, and are at the peaks of their careers, the senior vice presidents or the, um, the uh, tenured flight attendants or the senior people in the teachers' union and, you know, the right. people with seniority that are working uh, in various places. So um, they have the most money. And, by the way, you know, the next thing that marketers do when they're trying to explain why they're not marketing to primetime women um, is that they say, well, they're probably not, you know, spending that much because they have to save everything. And I said, well, actually, they spend two and a half times per cap, you know, per capita, they spend two and a half times what younger um households spend. I mean, granted, one of the one of the things that marketers have not kept up with is the changing nature of American households. I mean, specifically about primetime women, primetime households are smaller because guess what? The kids are out on their own and supporting themselves, which is why primetime people spend more per capita because they don't have to support the kids, you know? Right. The kids are supporting themselves finally. And um and then marketers go, well, okay, so they have a lot of money and they're earning a lot of money and they're very active and they're the top people and and uh but you know, they have to save for retirement. I'm like, you know what? Everybody got hit by the financial meltdown, but people in prime time, frankly, they they didn't get hit as badly as other people because they've already started putting their their assets in more um conservative you know if they're smart about their money they're putting their assets as they get older into into things that aren't about you know volatility but are about steady growth and then lastly marketers will say well yeah but you know what they don't buy anything new they just uh they just they just buy the same stuff that they've bought since they were younger and i'm like are you crazy these are women who find if anybody who thinks that a woman is going to keep buying minivans after she doesn't have a soccer team to drive around is nuts <laughs> You know, <laughs> think about it. I mean, really. And and so women now are pursuing their own primetime women pers- have the have the time and the money which they haven't had during their family focused years to pursue their own passions, their own interests, their own um, you know, e- e- their own uh, style, 
their own desires in cars and and housing and furniture and all of this stuff. And so no, they are they they spend more than younger households and they are changing their spending patterns completely. And marketers are completely oblivious to this. Completely. The next thing that you talk about in your book is is what's on this woman's mind and and I love the 3 Fs of freedom, friendships and fulfillment. Mhm. Um, well, the freedom is because as much as women love and willingly and happily devote themselves to their family while the kids are at home, it, you know, I think anybody, all of us have to, have to admit that it, it takes, you know, pretty much your whole life to devote yourself to your family if you have, if you have kids in the house. And um, contrary to popular opinion, when people get freed up from that in terms of time, uh, women get fr- a, a huge bonus when um, when they get freed up from that, mostly because throughout the life cycle of the family, women have put more time into the family. So guess what? You know they get more of a bonus uh, of free time when the family starts. Family members start taking more care of themselves, and that isn't necessarily when kids go off to college, as some people routinely think. It's actually mm-hmm. when the kid gets a driver's license. So I don't know about how many people on this call. I mean, actually, we did mention people on the call who have kids, and 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 I don't know about them, but you know, as soon as my kids got their driver's licenses, they were they were all about you know going off on their own, and actually, I, it freed up a great deal of my time because I didn't have to drive them everywhere. So freedom uh, is is mostly about time and mostly about the fact that now she has the liberty to pursue her own interests and her own passions. The second thing is friendship, and it again is almost, ironically, it's almost about time again because what typically happens since most women these days work outside the home uh, as well as inside the home, um, the it's hard to balance everything, and what usually gets shortchanged is the time that she would love to have more time with her girlfriends. And it isn't until she's in prime time that she can actually do that. And that's one of the things I love about Executive Girlfriends Group, Chicky, is because I think that it's so, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I think it's wonderful to have a way to bring that, um, what's the word I want? It's not drive, it's not need. Those are too strong. The the, the wish, mm-hmm. the you know, the urge, the, the to have to to have time to spend with your with your friends, right, and right. Um, and yeah, then and I think that plays actually into fulfillment as well because you know one of the things that that we stress in the executive girlfriends group is that our topics are both career building, skill building, and mm-hmm. then also on on the personal side of, of mm-hmm. helping uh, folks find fulfillment. That's why I would love to have another call with you to talk about beyond success to happiness because mm-hmm. I think that uh, you know some some of us get to that place that you talked about of you know owning our own business or or mm-hmm. you know being in a senior position and getting there and saying you know is this all there is. You know, exactly. I'm working 60 hours a week. I don't even have time for the executive girlfriend's group call. Exactly. And uh, is that all there is? And you know what's ironic about that is that, uh, you know, one of the, the – the things that uh, findings that has come out, I've only seen the research in the past year, so maybe it's been in academic circles before that, but about how having a network of f- friendships, 
you know, they talk about it as relationships, but women, with women, it means friendships. Um, is that the having a network of friendships is the number one variable that um, that uh, in, in, that correlates with a longer life. It's more important than uh, fitness, than weight, than exercise, than nutrition, than you know genetic. Mm-hmm. Then genetics, it's more important than anything. If you have a good network of friendships, that is going to let you live longer, you know. Uh-huh. And um, and I'm sure it has to do with reducing stress levels and cortisol and having help solving problems and all of that stuff. So what you're doing is saving women's lives, Chicky and Bad. You know, <laughs> well, just I'd want like you to, to know that. So, <laughs> so um, in addition to saving their sanity. <laughs> Exactly. Marty, let's shift gears just a little bit and talk about some of the the mental and physical changes that women go through during this phase of their life and and just the whole lifestyle change uh, that occurs and how marketers should think about those things and and weave them into their messaging. Well, I think that, um, you know, we've all bought into an awful lot of conventional corporate cultural garbage about what happens to people as, when they get older and a lot of it is left over frankly from um and we carry it ourselves too by the way me you everybody of our generation carries it um and and assumptions about boy you know if you've if you've reached your mid 50s is about when people start to worry about this um mm-hmm. if you've reached your mid 50s uh you know you 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 get a little more forgetful and all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh you know i'm i'm really getting old or people start we start talking about ourselves as having senior moments we start <laughs> saying about ourselves i'm too old for this or i'm getting too old for this and we buy into it and frankly we 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 collaborate in the in the world war 2 sense of collaborators you know in our own uh, diminishment when we do that kind of thing and um and the fact of the matter is is that yes people do be- begin to uh people do begin to process mentally differently but it's not a substantial change i mean all of the things that we most of the things that we fear happening uh and hitting us in our 50s while they do happen to some people in their 50s to the for the most part because of the advances in knowledge about nutrition and wellness and fitness because we're taking better care of ourselves because of all those things both men and women um now many of the things that used to 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 be quite prevalent in people's 50s don't really hit very many people until they're in their 70s. And so consequently, um uh you know a lot of the a lot of the and the focus is always on here's you know some limitations to we're not quite as quick to 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 uh absorb information is one of the is one of the changes, but it is not a huge difference it's not a huge change and what is a huge change and what is is the fact that over the decades that we have been on the planet and got experience we actually have accumulated what for lack of a better term uh people are calling wisdom and i know that that sounds like a really sort of new agey term but it 
and I'm 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 rather new agey myself, so I'm not saying that in a in a in a dismissive way, mm-hmm. but I I do think that what I'm trying to get across is that wisdom is a word that is trying to say that we have experience and um, we actually can make better, more complex assessments, judgments, and decisions because of our experience, which is much wider than uh, younger persons. And we don't have to go through the whole, you know, analysis process for every decision anymore because we've done many, many decisions either exactly like that or similar to that before. So, yes, there is a little bit of, um, you know, some of the stuff that we're all afraid of mentally, but there is nobody talking, well, there are a few outside of academia talking about the benefits and advantages of wisdom. Another huge change that applies to women and not to men, that's a big difference, is that, you know, both men and women lose, um, men and women have estrogen and testosterone. And and, and as uh, we get into our 50s, men men's levels of testosterone go down and women's levels of estrogen go down. Well, this has actually rather dramatic uh, implications because what happens, as most people know, is that men get a little bit more laid back and women get a little bit more energetic, to tell you the truth, because our testosterone is, as they say, unmasked by the fact that we don't have as much estrogen, quote, suppressing it anymore. And so there's this term that's very often used called postmenopausal zest. Um, and what that means is that women get a boost of energy in, right at the same <laughs> I'm waiting time. for that we, one. <laughs> yeah, right. Right at the same time as we get a boost of time. So, I mean, I'm not saying I feel like that each and every day, but on average, yeah, women women get a boost of energy. And so here we are at a stage when, you know, when you're 50 years old, you've been an adult for about 25 years. You're going to be an, a, an active, you know, assuming that you take, decent care of yourself and whatnot, you're going to be, uh, highly likely you're going to be an active, energetic adult for another 25 years. Only mm-hmm. this time, on this go-round, guess what? You have more experience, therefore more skills, more confidence, more money, more time, more energy, and more connections than you were even close to having in your first adulthood when you were 25 and just starting out. This is a great time to start something new and start something big. And that is one of the the key differences between women and men for prime time. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, So you you, uh, have coined something called gender trends. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, did that come out of your, your work in, in the book Trends that you co-authored with Tom Peters? No, um, that was from my first book, Marketing to Women. Oh. And um, it is the name of the model that I include in Marketing to Women about that tries to summarize and, and, and integrate together the differences between women and men and 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 overlay those differences so that we can look at the implications for various elements of the marketing mix, whether they be research or retail environment or advertising or selling or customer service or events, whatever it may be. Right, and so this is a a four-point model that looks very much like a star, and Mm -hmm. and in the center is a, a woman's decision, and these are the things that are impacting that. So why don't you just take us through the four points of the star? Well, the first one is social values, and that's one of the major differences because of two things. One is 
and this is, uh, you know, by necessity oversimplifying a bit, but actually oversimplifying quite a bit, but the so social values, the two big key differences are that women tend to um, be more, inter- relative to men, women tend to be more interested in people, whereas relative to women, men tend to be more interested in things and theorems. And that means that when you are communicating or when you are um, thinking about values, what, what it gets assigned a higher priority with people, et cetera, um, let me give you an example. Up until about um, seven or eight years ago, all, um, almost all car ads and definitely all consumer uh, electronics ads when they were advertising TVs or um, stereo systems, you know, in-home media systems, um, when they were advertising um, uh, financial services, Almost all of those things which are convention which were at that time conventionally thought of as as um, male categories that men made the decisions on, not true, but that's what they thought um, they uh almost always would feature like a picture of the car on a limbo background, you know no like a black background or a white background mm-hmm. um or a picture of the t v on a black background or a white background, and then there would be a bunch of the copy would say something about why this was you know, bigger, stronger, faster, higher, cooler, more features, whatever it was. And then there would be a bunch of mouse types somewhere at the bottom of the ad about how many gigabytes or megahertz or horsepower or torque or something. And that's very well aligned if your primary buyer is male. They want to, they're interested in things and they're interested in abstract information, okay? But if you are trying to attract, for example, the people who buy the majority of those products, um, it's really important to women don't care about that stuff in the abstract the same way that men do, and so those types of images and information don't have stopping power with women. Right. Mm. So consequently, it's much more effective if you're trying to get their attention to have pictures of people, and doesn't have to be all women at all. I mean, but just the, women are just more interested in people, and to bring deliver the message in the form of a quote or a story. Because, honestly, women almost cannot resist a story. So if instead of saying, um, you know, goes from zero to 60 in whatever many seconds is impressive, honestly, I don't even know what, seven seconds or something, um, they it would be much more effective to say, you know, I love it that when I get on the freeway, I don't have to worry about am I going to uh, put a good space between me and the car roaring up behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, so delivering the same message, basically, but in the context of the human benefit as opposed to the technological specification. So that's one of the big differences between women and men in social values. And the other big difference is that men's worldview is more hierarchical, and so they are more interested in better, higher, faster, stronger. And so marketing to them and saying, this will let you, you know, if you buy this, you'll be the first on your block or you'll have the coolest one or you'll have the first, you know, the the better one. It's bigger than everybody else's. It's, you know, faster, it's stronger, whatever. That's a message that appeals to men and um, uh, and makes sense to men. For women, women are like, I don't really care if it's bigger than, does it meet my needs, you know? Right. And so they're much more likely to respond to a message that is, here's somebody just like you who thinks this product is great. You know, here's an executive who's really busy and doesn't want to have to stop and figure out the complexities of, you know, 
excessive number of features when what she really needs to do is get on with her life and get into her car and move forward to her next thing, you know? So um, the way that you talk about the products, the way that you try to get people's attention so that they pay attention on TV or in magazines or on the website, um, the way that you walk people through the sales process, all of those things are affected by those two differences primarily in, in social values. Another difference is um, how people make decisions. It's actually one of the biggest differences because men tend to be more focused and linear than women, and women tend to be more comprehensive and integrative. And so when men make decisions or want to buy something, they go through a process kind of, you know, first they decide what they want, and then they look for it. It's a process of elimination, not this, not this, not this. And they focus on the top things. Women feel like they're not doing their best job unless they look at more options than men look at, and they look at deeper than just the most important things to make sure that the whole package is the best value for the dollar or the best decision in light of whatever criteria she's assessing. So it's a much long, it's a somewhat longer process, a much more comprehensive process and it involves more research uh than than men's um uh, assessment or, or or evaluation process does. Got it. And there there are a couple other points too, but I I feel like there's a whole lot of other points, and I I suspect we're we're running a little bit short we on time. Are running a little bit <laughs> short, but uh, again, uh, as you're taking a look at the star, the the four points are social values, decision styles, communication keys, and life and time factors. And uh, again, Marty goes through a, a tremendous amount of. Uh, detail in, in uh, both storytelling and, and giving you the, the high points of uh, each one of these uh, elements. And uh, again, I, I love the integration of, of um, case studies and, and showing examples of how people have, have marketed uh, specifically to women and, and you know how to do it right, not just... Uh, how how folks are doing it wrong. So, Marty, I uh, just really appreciate you taking time with us this afternoon. And and again, the the rest of the book focuses on how to how to tailor your marketing to these prime time women. And again, giving giving the in depth and integrated case studies of the best practices of companies who have have done so. So we would love to have you back to talk about Beyond Success to Happiness. Have you actually written a book on that, or are you just uh, no, using no, no, that no, as no, one no. of I will, I will be, but honestly, mm-hmm. it is such a massive, massive topic because the three pillars are so different. One is aim high, and I did talk about that a little bit today right. in terms of why second adulthood is the best time to start something big and new. The second is be happy, and there's so much new findings about happiness science. You know, it's the number one uh, class that's taught at Harvard now. Mm. By number one, I mean it is the most popular class. It's the hardest to get into because a lot of new science findings and studies are coming out of Harvard, Stanford, and University of Pennsylvania. And I want to be able to help those those researchers' information get distributed out to people who can actually use it. And the third is create good, and that is talking about, uh, you know, providing some some insights and information on how women can have the most impact and make the biggest difference in the world. Well, excellent. Well, I know Patty is uh, working on getting the rest of the fall schedule together, so I will just put her back in touch with you to talk (laughs) about getting you back on our 
on our calendar. And again, for those who are listening uh, on demand, Marty's book is Primetime Women, How to Win the Hearts, Minds, and Business of Boomer Big Spenders. And Marty, why don't you share with those who might be listening on demand uh, what the best way is to get in touch with you. Well, I love to get uh, phone calls, uh, 847-446-5861. And um, the other thing is my website is www.trendsite.com, spelled T-R-E-N-D-S, as in Sam, I-G-H-T.com. Terrific. And for those who are members of the Executive Girlfriends Group, Marty uh, does have a profile on the Executive Girlfriends Group site, so if you don't have a pen when you're listening to this, you can uh, just go ahead and go on the Egg Private site and look up Marty, M-A-R-T-I, and her profile will come right up, and you will have all of her contact information there. Marty, again, thank you so much, and uh, I am going to turn off the recorded portion of the call now. So uh, if you want to just hang on a second, we can say goodbye again after uh, we turn off the recording.